This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This episode is brought to you by SalesCred, the definitive book on sales credibility by our co-host, Celie Smith. Sales credibility is the quality all salespeople must have in abundance before they can ever hope to earn trust and become a trusted advisor. And SalesCred reveals how salespeople build and lose credibility with the things you say and do every day. Pick up a copy now at Amazon.com or other fine online business booksellers. Welcome to the Manage Smarter Podcast with hosts C. Lee Smith and Audrey Strong. We're glad you're here for discussions on new ways to manage smarter, hire, develop, and retain talent, improve results, and propel team performance to new heights. This is the Manage Smarter Podcast. You know, Lee, there's people that schedule meetings and you see the meeting requests come in and you just go, oh, another meeting with this person. These are never good meetings. I never get anything out of this meeting. I really or, don't want to go. Or, you know, I, I had uh, a, a, a direct report who loved to have meetings and invite as many people as possible. And I would always start off that meeting and I would look around the room and I'd say, boy, this is an expensive meeting. And, and, and that, that employee never understood what I was talking about. <laughs> I yeah. tried to explain it, but they never got it. <laughs> Like, what do you mean? We need all these people. So our expert today, uh, we are so lucky to have him. Welcome to Manage Smarter, everyone. I'm Audrey Strong, Vice President of Communications here at Salesfield, the expert today, an expert on meetings and a lot of other things. And I'm C. Lee Smith, the President and CEO of SalesFuel. And I've run a few bad meetings in my day, too. <laughs> yeah, I, I probably could <laughs> to that. Cameron Harold is our guest. He is a world-class executive coach, top-rated speaker, and best-selling author, and the founder of the COO Alliance, the world's leading network for second in command. He's known around the world as the CEO whisperer and the mastermind <laughs> behind hundreds of companies' exponential growth. He's built a dynamic consultancy and his clients have included the big four wireless carriers and even a monarchy. Can you believe that? And he's the author of five books, including this one, Meetings Suck, turning one of the most loathed elements of business into one of the most valuable. Cameron, welcome. Thank you for hey, having Audrey. me. Hey, Audrey. Thanks for having me. Hi, Lee. Hey there. Hey, Cameron. So let me just ask you the big question right off, right off the top of the, the bed. It's like, do we really need to have so damn, many damn meetings? Yes, but we need to have the right meetings and we need mm. to run them in the right way. The reality is <clears throat> meetings don't suck. We suck at running them. There you go. Well, you talk about there being a hierarchy of meeting uh, t- groups of people by title and level and then a hierarchy of goals. Can you break that out? Yeah, so in every meeting, the reality is your meet, a meeting is anytime you have two or more people meeting either in person, over video, or, or over the phone to actually discuss and move something forward. So in a meeting itself, you've got the person who's booking the meeting and the attendees. And sometimes the person booking the meeting is more junior than the attendees, sometimes vice versa. But then you also have the, the purpose and outcomes of the actual meeting. Like, why are we getting together? What's the purpose? And based on the purpose and outcomes, people should be able to select whether or not they even want to look at the agenda to decide if they want to attend that meeting. And then whoever is booking the meeting, it's their role to ensure that the people that are attending are participating. Otherwise, don't invite them to the meeting in the first place. Let them sit at their desk and do the other work that's clearly more important. Mm-hmm. What is your secret for driving engagement in meetings, making people participate, 
and really walk away with, you know, actionable things. And especially in during this day and age when we're having our meetings over Zoom instead yeah. of in person. Yeah, there's a there's a few points. The first one, and Lee kind of mentioned, is the the idea of you know over inviting and inviting too many people. You should only invite the number of people that you want to actually work through the specific agenda. So the first part is set your purpose, outcomes, and agenda of the meeting, and then invite the most critical people to be there for that. And then allow attendees to opt out of the meeting to say, you know, I looked at the agenda. You don't really need me to be there for it. The team who's coming can handle it. I'll stay and work on the rest of my project. So that's step one. Step two is to make sure that you start the meeting exactly on time so that people know you're taking everything seriously. Stick to the actual agenda. Keep a parking lot. So if you have any rough ideas that are off the agenda, you work on them later. And then finish the meeting five minutes early so you can show up at every meeting and every phone call on time. And then the third rule is to just book every meeting for half the time you first think about booking it for. It's like a quickie. You can get it done last time if you need to, right? Mm -hmm. And, And start on time. Exactly. Start on time and finish five minutes early. I'm a huge stickler for starting on time. Lee knows yeah, she, this. I'm yeah, like almost are. insane. It's my number one pet peeve because what happens is, is if you run over or you start late, every other meeting tombstoning up against you gets rippled through. And it well, just- the, reason that, the reason that meetings tend to start late is because we book everything back to back. So we book a call from eight mm-hmm. o'clock till nine. We have another call from nine till 9.30. Then we have a meeting from 9.30 to 10. But if you end right at 9.30, it's impossible to walk down in the hall and start the next one at 9.30. So that's why my rule is to finish every meeting five minutes prior to its scheduled ending time. Finish every phone call prior or five minutes prior to its scheduled ending time. And that gives you time to walk down the hall, talk to your assistant, get a cup of coffee, grab some water, sit down and start on time. It's sort of like back in high school, like when, you know, your class was over, the bell would ring or mm-hmm. you had that five minutes then to get to your next class, go to the locker, get your books and get, get to the next class. Bingo. Like they, they weren't stupid, right? They didn't, yeah. <laughs> they didn't finish class one at the same start as class two, but I don't understand why we didn't bring it into the business world. So that's exactly the rule that I adopted. Then the other methodology that I do is more of a training mindset. And I teach all of your employees to say, if you're not five minutes early, you're late. And when you show up at a meeting saying, oh, sorry, I'm late, what you're really saying is I'm disrespectful, I'm selfish, my time is more valuable than yours. I think maybe my training as a news anchor over the years has me Mm -hmm. much more sensitive to video meetings where I stare into my camera on my computer so that the person knows that I am actively engaged and listening. I see a lot of people looking off to the side. Uh, Playing on their damn smartphone. Or looking at their phone Uh, and playing, um, what is it, uh, Candy Crush maybe. And so what are some tips to, you know, really get people to, to be actively listening on a video meeting in COVID? Well, and, maybe, and video and in person, these two rules work quite well. The first one is that you actually check your phone at the door. So all your cell phones don't mm-hmm. come to the actual meeting room table. You check them at the door. If you're the CEO of the company, you don't get to opt out of this. A lot of the entrepreneurial CEOs like, oh, I'm so busy. I'll be in the meeting, but I'm just going to be checking email. No, if you're so busy that you can't stay focused for this 20 minutes or hour, that means your other work has priority. Leave the meeting, go do your other work. But it's like an Olympic swimmer. You're not going to see some Olympic swimmer swimming the 400 IM, just checking his email while he's racing. Like, or you're not going to see a runner, you know, running the mile, checking his iPhone. Like, no, they're, they're completely present. So you have to decide what do you want to be more present doing? And then the second part is that we have a, a, a test. This works better when you're in person at meetings. If you feel like somebody's on their laptop checking email or drifting, you're allowed to call them on it. And they have to stop typing, turn the laptop around. And if they are all of a sudden in their email, they have to buy everyone at the meeting lunch. 
However, oh wow, that's great. But here's here's the beauty of it: if you call them out and you're wrong, let's say they were just typing their notes, you have to buy everybody. <laughs> it's like the challenge flag in an NFL. <laughs> so it keeps everybody accountable, but it also keeps the people that are worrying too much to maybe worry a little bit less as well. What happens if they turn it around and they're on like Facebook Messenger chat and they're chatting to their boyfriend or something? Oh, then that's steak. a whole other conversation. Steak dinner happens? for sure. Steak dinner. <laughs> 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 um, you say that 95% of us have never had proper training on meetings and 95% of us are scheduling and in charge of meetings. Yeah. I thought that was a really interesting statistic. What is the kind of proper training that we should be implementing right now? And how do we do it given our current work situation? Well, I ask audiences this question all the time. I've done paid speaking events in 26 countries. And one of the questions I ask is how many of you in the audience have ever been trained on how to run meetings and almost no hands go up. Oh, and yeah. then I say, how many of you have ever been trained on how to attend and participate in a meeting? And again, mm -hmm. virtually no hands go up. So again, the reality is most of us don't, you know, we run around complaining about meetings, but if we send our, our seven-year-old to play baseball, let's say we were going to send our seven-year-old kid off to little league baseball. If we didn't teach them how to hold the bat and how to catch the ball and how to toss the ball, they'd come home from their first Little League Baseball game saying baseball sucks. And the reality is baseball doesn't suck at all. Johnny sucks at baseball. You suck at baseball. <laughs> right. so, so to get rid of, and I actually called Elon Musk out on this. I've known Elon for 26 years. Oh, we were going to talk about that. Yeah, we were going to talk oh, about yeah. this walkout <laughs> mandate that he did. And you said, no, that doesn't solve the problem, right? Right. Like yeah. you don't, you, so when he, he tweeted about this about a year ago, he said, you know, if you're in a shitty meeting, stand up and leave the meeting. And I sent him a text message. I said, no, fix the root cause. Because if you're in a shitty meeting, the only reason you're in a shitty meeting is people book shitty meetings. They don't know how to run meetings. So teach them how to, and then you won't have to walk out of them. Because the reality is you need meetings. You just need to run them more effectively. Well, there should have been an objective as to why the meeting was being held in the first place. And if everybody walks out of the meeting, you haven't really fulfilled the objective of the meeting. Right. I mean, and I'm not going to try to sell books here, but for $15, you have a solution. Absolutely. Every employee, mm -hmm. every employee at every company should read the book Meeting Suck because 30% of the book is how to run meetings. 30% is how to attend them and participate in them. And then the last third of the book is what meetings you need to run a highly scalable, high culture company. When I, uh, I didn't understand as a, as a worker bee back in the day when I worked for a public relations agency where you put in time slips like a law firm, right? So I didn't understand the, the monetization of an expensive mm -hmm. meeting, but a guy like Elon Musk's rate is sky high. So if he's in a meeting, it's a very expensive meeting. And so... Oh. But now multiply that, multiply the, the cost across all of your employees, right? Mm -hmm. If the right. average employee spends one to two hours a day on phone calls or in meetings, let's call it one hour a day, okay. that means they're spending 12% of their time, one eighth of their day. So if, if the average employee is spending, let's call it 10% for easy math, 10% of their time, that means you're paying 10% of their salary to do something you've never trained them in. So if the average employee, let's say they only make 50000 a year, you're paying them $5,000 a year to do something with no training. That's crazy to me. Why wouldn't you get them to read the darn book and do a five-minute book report about what they learned from the book meeting suck? And then for $15, you've now leveraged your 5000 So it's not necessarily mm -hmm. that the, the, the CEO is wasting their time in meetings. It's that every single employee in that company could be more productive. So what are some of the key roles that you recommend that people have in 
a meeting for it to be efficient. For example, we've got one person yeah. that we always have who's the timekeeper that, you know, that keeps everything running on time and is the person that, that says, in the interest of time, let's move on, you yeah. know, just to keep everybody on track. Yeah, and I learned, I learned this, this idea from an organization called YPO, which is a young president's organization. And in Forum, where you meet with your other CEOs every month, you have kind of 12 CEOs that you're meeting with, they have three roles to make sure that four-hour meeting runs well. The first one is the moderator. The moderator just keeps people in check. You know, it, it slows down the conversation. It gets the person who's talking too much to talk a little bit less. It, it watches the room to make sure that you get the quieter people to contribute and notices that, hey, we're, we're talking about stuff that isn't on the agenda, let's put it on the parking lot. The second role that needs to be played, as you mentioned, is the timekeeper, and that's the person who keeps an eye on the agenda to just make sure that we're hitting each of the agenda items on time so that we'll get through all of the core issues. And then the third role is a person just to keep track of the side conversations that we want to talk about later, so they keep track of it on a parking lot, and they just write down you know, let's say we all of a sudden slipped into talking about culture. Yeah, it could be a great conversation, but this is about meetings. Let's write down to talk about culture later, and then we can go offline or book a separate meeting to talk about it. Is that person the one then that records all of the, the notes and everything that was discussed during the meeting then to share no, that I, out I, as a post meeting review? I hate, I hate that system. I think okay. that's the biggest complete waste of government. Like, it's like a government time kind of system. The reality is nobody reads those darn notes anyway. So now you've wasted everybody's time and you're circulating yet another email. I like people to take their own notes and be accountable for their own work. And at the end of the meeting, finish off by who's doing what by when so they'll get their stuff done. But the reality is you, nobody's, it's, it's like when a person quits a company and leaves, nobody reads all of those reams of debrief notes that they spend their time writing up for the next person that's going to take over their job. No one really ever reads that stuff. Yeah. I've, uh, I have a really simple question, which is what is your rule for determining if I should even have a meeting in the first place? Well, it, does it really, yeah. Can you, can you just actually have a quick conversation and talk to the person or can you communicate it quickly via an email or a video yeah. message? What's the bar? Yeah. It's like, what, what constitutes, is this a meeting or an email? Yeah. Well, and, and now I even prefer the asynchronous video, like a video that I can send out instead of an email to everybody because they'll actually see a little bit more from my face and my oh, body language in a, in a video. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I find I'm even doing a lot of responses now in Facebook groups that I'm in. I'm in a, a big entrepreneurial Facebook group and I'll, I'll see a question that somebody will ask. And instead of me typing up my response, I just put like a one minute loom video in and people are blown away. They're like, Oh my gosh, that's so amazing. I'm like, I wasn't going to sit and write all that down for you. Like it was just easier for me to say it for a minute, but, it, but they get so much more clarity out of the intention of that video message. So even when I was coaching the CEO and the second in command at sprint, I was trying to get Marcelo Claret, who is the CEO to send more video messages to his team because he's so driven, so focused. So, and they were doing a big turnaround of sprint, but he's such a fun guy and he's got such a light energy that when you see him on video and you get his Bolivian accent, he's just funny. That, that it was really humanizing him in that messaging that he could send out to his team. I love it. So more video messages. You also say that you should have your own agenda uh, for any meeting that you're going in and treat it like a job interview. Can you expand on that? That's very interesting. I'm trying to... Yeah, so if you're an employee, that. if you're an employee who's going into a meeting, right? So this is kind of the leading up part. If you're mm -hmm. an employee who's going into a meeting, you've read the purpose and the outcomes and the agenda. So you know why you're showing up. There's clarity as to why you're showing up. You've probably thought about it. There may be some prep that you've done in advance for that meeting, but you're trying to move something ahead. You're either trying to get your points heard 
you're trying to get your ideas shared. Uh, maybe you're trying to um, have a, a discussion or a debate on a certain topic issue so that, that you stimulate a conversation. Maybe you're trying to get you know, some visibility with the, the leadership team that's there. Um, but you, you definitely want to get heard. And then the other part is to understand, right? So you're going in to actually listen and to understand the issues a little bit more and maybe to you know, seek to understand versus being understood. So you kind of have to think through that, that purpose when you're going in. The other one is, and this is a little bit more strategic for an employee side, if you're in a bigger organization, let's say that you're trying to move around in the organization. You're trying to move up in your roles in the organization. Get there a few minutes early and try to sit down beside one of the VPs that you're trying to get to know. Mm. Mm -hmm. Makes a lot of sense. What's your take on all hands meetings? Those are obviously information sharing meetings, but it's like, are they necessary? They're necessary and they're called they're kind of like there's, there's two types. The first one is the town hall meeting, right? Where the leaders are asking questions and listening to the team. So that's a bottom up information sharing. And then the other one is more of a state of the union address where you're getting all the employees together and the leadership team is sharing where we've been, what our struggles were, where we're going and what our plan is to get there. So they are very information share, but it is critical that those are, are happening because it gives time for question. It also gives time for people to all get on the same page. So going back to what I said at the very beginning of this podcast, bad meetings and having a reputation for consistently giving them and leading them as a leader can lead to a lot of other problems uh, career-wise. Do you want to talk about the broader effects of all of this? Well, sure. I mean, the, the reality is that, you know, people are going to talk, right? So behind your, mm -hmm. I think, can't remember my mom's exact saying, but it was like, don't talk about yourself. People will do that enough when you leave the room. Mm -hmm. um, that, that if you're the leader of the organization and you're running crappy meetings, guess what? People are talking about it. You know, they're kind of rumbling behind the scenes. So you're mm -hmm. undermining yourself. That's right. So how do you, how do you recover from that? If you finally get self-awareness or somebody wakes you up, the next one, you come in and you go at it a whole different way. Your agenda looks completely different. You overhaul, maybe yeah, facilitate I mean, differently. You read Cameron's what the, book for the start, right? And, and Cameron's <laughs> book, yes. Get, Don't get, give it all away, but still. Yeah, you get every employee to read the book as well. I was, I was coaching a CEO recently on this, though, and they were, they were kind of digging their heels in about something. And they're like, you know, I've been doing this for 30 years. And I said, no, you've been doing it for five years, six times in a row. Like you don't actually have 30 years experience unless you're really working on self growth for 30 years. And a lot of leaders stop growing. They kind of start relying on their wisdom, you know, and I'm older, I'm 55. So we, we kind of rely on our past, but a lot of our past is just catching up with us now. And I think a lot of people who maybe have always done it this way, well, maybe it's time to learn some additional ways. So it, it's that leader deciding to grow, deciding to be introspective, and maybe some of that spark is realizing that, you know, you've now got a 30 year old who's got five years experience, but the technology skill to kick your ass. Mm -hmm. um, if they're doing it better and faster and leaner, you better catch up to them now. So let's talk about the role of the leader, particularly when you're in a town hall type, type meeting situation, you're asking for people's advice, something like that. I always like to go last because I find that when I go first, it's like I somehow uh, end up shaping people's opinions or something like that. They're taking cues from me and what I said. Sometimes people are parroting what I said, which is really not what I want to get out of the meeting. So I like to go last. Is that a, is that a good philosophy or you have any other rec recommendations for that? I think you've read my book too. It's good. The, 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 leader, the leader's role is to always go last for exactly what you just mentioned. You don't mm -hmm. want to shape the room, right? The reality is our job as leaders is to grow people. 
So if we're going to grow people, we have to grow them in two ways. We have to grow their skills or we have to grow their confidence. But if we're always the ones giving the answers, if we're always the one giving the suggestions, if we're always the ones speaking, we're not allowing them to speak. And if, if we allow them to speak first and we go, wow, that's a great idea, we've boosted their confidence. If we actually get them to speak, it's, it's challenging them. It's, it's challenging their ideas. It's challenging them to think, which is growing their capacity and their skill set. But if we're the ones sharing the ideas, they tend to kind of fall in line with that. The second thing that happens as a leader, if we shut up and listen to them speak first, is we often realize that our team has all the same ideas we do or have better ideas than we might have, which actually allows us to sit back and lead more instead of doing as much. It's not our job as leaders then to always ask, always have the right answers. It's always to ask the right questions. Yeah. And I just did one the other day with my kids and I re- realized that for years I've been doing it wrong with my kids is I would, I'd often say to them, you know, where do you guys want to go for dinner? And they'd be like, <clears throat> they'd say like a good restaurant. They weren't like going to McDonald's, but they'd say something. <laughs> but for me, I was like, nah, I don't want to go there. And I would pick somewhere else. Well, that was shitty. Like, <laughs> why'd were, you even bother you know, asking, right? <laughs> right, exactly, right? Like, why even bother asking? It's kind of like, what do you want for dinner? If they give me a suggestion, I should make that. And then guess what? <laughs> they enjoy dinner more. So when you actually kind of rely on them to come up with the ideas, that wisdom of the crowd, they're going to go a little bit faster. And again, you've boosted their confidence. And then their confidence allows them to take on more, which grows their skills. And they have buy-in. Very much so. Yeah, well, this has been twenty the fastest 20 minutes of instruction I've ever had. And I'm inspired, Cameron, to my next meeting that I have. It's, it's, I'm going to implement some of these ideas are fantastic. I haven't read the book yet, I admit. I purchased the book, but I am going to read the book right now. Everybody get <laughs> awesome. the book. Yep. And Cameron Harold, it's H-E-R-O-L-D, everyone. CameronHerald.com and the COO Alliance.com. And Cameron, uh, I can't thank you enough. This is, we've been waiting for a long time for somebody like you. And uh, we appreciate all the tips. Great stuff. Audrey, thank, thanks so much. Happy to come back anytime. Great. Thanks, Lee. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on iTunes, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at salesfuel.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.